Hello and welcome to Basket Bubble, the podcast about the NBA and life inside the Walt Disney World bubble. I'm Matthew and I'm joined as always by my beloved co-host, the really good basketball player to my J.R. Smith, Bodie. Bodie, how are you feeling on Sunday night after a Game 6 win from the Los Angeles Lakers? I am currently driving home with my shirt off in honor of J.R. Smith. <laughs> I'm not actually doing that, but in spirit, I am. In spirit. He is spiritually shirtless. That may be the episode title for this. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> well, as, as anyone with a pulse knows, the Los Angeles Lakers defeated the Miami Heat 106-93 to in Game 6 of the NBA Finals, clinching their... Are we looking at 16th, 17th for the Lakers? That depends. Do It's 17th in franchise history, but do you count all the titles when they played for... When they were in Minneapolis, sure. where there were actually lakes? <laughs> sure. Yes. So if we're only counting Lakers who could see a lake, we're looking at much fewer than 17. However, yes. we're not going to make that distinction. 17th NBA championship for the Lakers franchise. Let's say that. There we go. Bodie, game six was a little bit of a... If you were a casual fan... It was a little bit of a snooze fest. The Lakers led by as many as 36 at one point in tonight's game. The Miami Heat led for exactly zero minutes and zero seconds. Buddy, this game was just not a contest from the get-go, right? It's not what you want if you're a casual fan. That's for sure. And I, first things first, you give all the credit to the Lakers for the way they just came out and decided... This is our game. This is our title. You have to wonder how much of game, how much game five took it out of the heat for this game. I mean, only having one game off, one day off in between those games, Jimmy Butler played 47 and a half minutes in game five. And I mean, that's, I, my gosh, the fight in this heat team was amazing. To take this series this long to win Game Five after all these injuries, and it just it catches up to you at some point. It caught up tonight. We had Goran Dragic back tonight, but I think it was a little too too little too late for him. He only played 18 minutes tonight. You could tell that he was really kind of trying to rush it coming back anyway, and didn't get the start anyway. Jimmy Butler. Only had 12 points tonight. Bam Adebayo was the high scorer for the Heat with 25. But Butler took how many shots? How many shots did he even take? He was 5 of 10 from the floor. Yeah, 10 shots. It was He was tired, man. And he still played 44 minutes tonight. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I will admit I came into this game a little bit late. It was coming from... Uh, a work event and when I got home and turned on the game and I thought oh <laughs> you could just tell that everyone on that Miami Heat team was just wore out and I mean kudos to Eric Spolstra for taking a team who nobody thought could make it to the finals let alone go to a game six against this Los Angeles Lakers team with I mean the two best players in the NBA right now, 
with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I mean, what more can you say about this Miami Heat team, really? They became a great team. And I I stole that from a podcast I was listening to from professionals. But it's they're, they're right. The Heat, we never thought of them as a great team all year, but they are a great team. It, it was legit. They earned everybody's respect during if they didn't do it during the Eastern Conference Finals, they definitely did it during these finals. It, they they were amazing. Oh, Bodie, this is this is something that the NBA doesn't do, but I feel like we would be remiss to not do this if we were to give a hell of a try award. Let's call it that. Who from the Miami Heat would be getting that award? Before I answer, what 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 do you mean? What's the criteria for this? Who surprised you the most? Who? came in with you know the the kind of play that if it were if they were playing anyone except the Los Angeles Lakers they probably could have pulled this off. It seems boring but really it was Jimmy Butler. We always thought of him as this really good player who could be great and he played like an alpha. He played like a finals MVP kind of player in this series and without him playing at those levels they didn't have a chance. You could give it to the whole team, I and mean, you really could, but what he did in this series at times, he won two games. I mean, he, he won game three. He won game five. He dueled LeBron at the end, those last two minutes of game five, and what will go down is one of the best stretches in NBA Finals history. He guarded LeBron the whole games, he was taking so many shots, getting triple doubles, setting, being the main screener, and playing 44, 45, 47 minutes every game. He, he gets this made-up award that you just came up with two minutes ago, but he completely deserves it. Well, speaking of awards, this one's not made up. The finals MVP went to LeBron James. LeBron James has won championships for three different teams now. He has won finals MVP also for three different teams. You know, when uh, this is an argument that gets made a lot, but as we look at the comparison between LeBron James and Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan won six championships in six runs to the finals, right? He won six finals MVPs in those six finals. However, Michael Jordan also had Scottie Pippen in all six of those runs. He had the same coach in all six of those runs. LeBron James is playing for four different coaches in those in those runs. Three different coaches he won with, but yeah, more coaches than that. He is playing with radically different players in all of those runs. It's getting harder and harder to make the argument that as a individual player, LeBron James is not better than Michael Jordan. What do you have to say? You're right. They're mentioned in the same breath now. There's no way I can say LeBron is the greatest player. I it's that that would be disrespect to all that Jordan did. But you can't just say Jordan's the best player definitively anymore. They are they are there they it's those two and if you want to include kareem and bill russell be i mean be my guest i i I won't argue with you 
in the conventional NBA thing, modern NBA for sure, you're you're looking at LeBron and Jordan as as the tops. It's the way it is now. That was a very sidesteppy way to not approach whether LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. It's elections. <laughs> I no, nobody's going to know my decision on who the greatest players until the day after the election. <laughs> This feels this feels like election night, buddy. This is the end of a this is the end of a season. I'll let it slide though. Let's go a little big scale here. Mitchell Williamson, who was guest on our fir- very first episode, who talked to us about what the Disney bubble was going to actually look like. He and I were texting a little bit back and forth. I kind of want to hear what your thoughts are on this. Mitchell says to me, "Kudos to Adam Silver and the whole NBA." It's not totally apples to apples, but you look at the MLB and the shit show the NFL is putting out there. There's not been one positive COVID test inside the bubble. That's impressive. And that's leadership right there. Adam Silver is the best modern day sports commissioner in my book. What are your thoughts, buddy? The people I was with tonight watching the game, Adam Silver got brought up. And if he's not the best commissioner in sports right now, he's definitely the one that inspires the most confidence. And this bubble might be the thing that, that this might be the first line in his bio and, or the write up on him (laughs) at the, at the end, he orchestrated the bubble. He made this season work pretty much flawlessly, except for a chicken wing run. (laughs) This thing went off without a hitch. Everybody was so nervous for so long about how this would work, about how fragile this seemed. And then after a little bit, people just stopped talking about it. It just seemed, you kind of forgot that there was a chance that the NBA could be shut down at any moment if a a case of COVID got in there. It just became like a foregone conclusion that are just like, yeah, they're fine. That's we go, we backtrack three months and nobody has anywhere near that amount of confidence in this thing. One of the moments for Adam Silver that sticks out to me was in the last few weeks, he made a public uh, announcement. He, he was at a press conference and I don't remember all of the details around it, but he went up to speak, he spoke, and as he stepped away from the podium, he put his mask back on. And for some reason, this, this like non- issue issue of him putting on a mask just speaks volumes that a guy who you know doesn't necessarily have to wear a mask he doesn't you know he has no impetus to really do it because odds are the people who were inside the building that he was with are totally fine but just that simple step of of taking a step away from the podium and simply putting on a mask call it virtue signaling call it whatever you want i'm gonna call it leadership i feel like there are other people and storylines that you are motioning at here but not actually talking about maybe maybe not i don't know well but no yes but also i mean how how i mean when we look at governors we look at mayors we look at people who are not sitting in a in a big house i mean there, there are so many opportunities to just make a simple gesture that breeds confidence in humanity and Adam Silver does that for me right now. Yeah, you're right. The it, it's an act of leadership. It's an act of 
it's apparently an act of humanity. I, 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 I want to believe that it is, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm also going to remind myself that it is a PR move. It is a business move. And he has so many interests that he is representing here and being careful that he is serving and he served all of them. He, he served all of the different people and unions and business partners and players that he is working for and in partnership with. And he did it flawlessly. It's rather impressive compared to some things that we see in the world. I'm just looking at a tweet here. I'm going to change the subject just a little bit. A writer for The Athletic says... Goran Dragic, distraught after returning for Game 6, only to lose, asked how bad the pain was from his injury. He says, which pain? Oh. I feel like uh, if you're a Lakers fan or you're a LeBron fan, it's easy to be excited. It's easy, and it's worthwhile. But it's also strange to see this Miami team who has been through so many ups and downs this season uh, with Bam Adebayo being hurt for a couple of games, Goran Dragic being out for a couple of games. Bodhi, let's look at next year for just a minute here. Are the Miami Heat the new frontrunners in the Eastern Conference? I think it comes down to three teams in the East, and the Heat are one of those three teams. It, it's Bucks, Celtics, Heat. And you, you split hairs in the playoffs to determine who's better. And I, that's what we did this year, especially in the Eastern Conference. And I, I think when you look at the East next year, you have the Heat returning this whole roster. You have the young Celtics team that is, they should get better. And a Bucks team that still has the two-time reigning MVP. It could be a really fun year in the Eastern Conference next year. And Toronto's still hanging around being Toronto. And Brooklyn's back. They have KD and Kyrie. I mean... I just remember that three seconds ago. But yeah, if the Heat are not the favorites, they are one of the favorites. Everybody is going to be thinking of them this offseason. One final thing here. Uh, Rachel Nichols just tweeted this, and this goes out to to our friend Danae and also myself talking about more kick content. There's a tweet from Rachel Nichols, and I'll... I'll add the tweet in the the show notes here. It says, Pure joy, Anthony Davis's daughter and Markeith Morris's daughter making confetti angels as their dads celebrate in the locker room. I don't think it gets much better than that, Bodie. I, I hope Markeith's daughter throws more accurate passes with six seconds left in the game than her father does. <laughs> but, but good for her. Good for Markeith. Yes, absolutely. Bodie, any final thoughts here as we wrap up what's been one hell of a podcast? It's amazing. We get, we get to watch LeBron James. I No matter what your thoughts on him, the greatest of all time debate, no matter if you like the guy, the way he plays or his political stances or anything like that, to get to see anybody do something as great as he does is a blessing. It's, it's a gift. And to see how much joy he had playing this game tonight and then celebrating as the clock wound down and dancing 
thing with the trophies at the end helps to remind me how much I should enjoy just being to see him do anything that he does basketball. It's been 17 years of my life getting to watch this man play basketball. And it's, I get more, I get more years out of this. It's, it's such a great blessing. I think that's a good place to end this. Bodie, are you still going to call me on Sunday nights? You always call me, so it's up to you. That's that's true. Uh, we'll have to see how my schedule works. Okay. I think I'm a little busy these days now. <laughs> Basketball Bubble is hosted by Matthew Moore. That's me. And Bodie, that's him. Bodie, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. It sure has. J.R. Smith. Our theme song is by Bad Snacks. Don't join us next week because this is it. This is all we got. Thanks for listening. If you liked this podcast, let us know. Subscribe to Matthew's other podcast. I don't do anymore. You can follow us on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Matthew R. Moore. Bodie's Twitter handle is Bodie32. Stay safe out there, Bubbletonians. 